This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs.
That's my friend Tim Wilson. Thank you, Tim. What a great song. So glad that uh, you've chosen to join us. Welcome to those of you that are uh, guests. Um, You're not a stranger, though, when you're in your father's house. If you would open your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 1. We'll get to our reading in just a moment. Um, I think we've all probably had a, a bad day on occasion. Um, you might have read about this story about a man who didn't just have a bad day. He had a really, really bad day. Uh, supposedly a true story, but you know, as stories go, sometimes they're embellished, especially whenever preachers uh, get to the stories. But anyway, this, this guy was on his back patio working on his motorcycle, and, and he had the motorcycle on, on its stand where the back tire was off of the ground, and, and I don't remember what he was doing. I don't know if he was adjusting the carburetor, but anyway, uh, the, the motor was running with it in gear, which of course means that the back tire was turning. Somehow, some way, suddenly, as, as, these all, as these things always happen without any time to react or correct the situation, the motorcycle came off of the stand, and with the back tire turning, things went crazy. And, and in just a matter of a second or two, the man found himself being dragged by the motorcycle through a previously closed glass patio door into the dining room. The wife, who had been working in the kitchen, ran over to him, saw that he had some pretty severe cuts from his grand entrance through the glass doors that were now, of course, shattered into a million pieces, so she called 911. And uh, evidently, to get up to the main door of the house, you had to go up several steps, and so the wife went down the steps to meet the paramedics and direct them to her husband. They ran up the steps, found this man with some deep cuts, and, and they did their best to stop the bleeding but decided they should probably transfer him to the hospital because it was going to be quite a process to pick out all of the shards of glass. And so they put him on a stretcher, carried him down the steps to the ambulance, headed to the hospital. Now, before the wife went to the hospital to be with her husband, she felt that she needed to do a, a bit of quick cleanup because the damaged motorcycle was, was still on its side, leaking gas into the house. And so <clears throat> she used all of her strength and, and <clears throat> somehow uprighted the bike, She then got some paper towels and tried to blot up the gasoline as best as possible. And knowing that wet, gasoline-soaked paper towels in a trash can was not real safe, so she did have the presence of mind to throw the paper towels in the toilet and ran out the door to go to the hospital. Some of you are thinking ahead, aren't you? Well, the husband... um, even though he was cut and, uh, and bruised pretty severely, appeared to be okay. So they picked out all of the, the, the glass and, and stitched him up, released him. After arriving home, <clears throat> the husband surveyed the damage. He looked at the shattered patio door then at his motorcycle, still in the dining room. And how many of you own a motorcycle? How many of you uh, own a motorcycle? There, there are a few of you know that there's a special relationship between you and your bike. Um, uh, you know, besides your relationship with Jesus Christ, the relationship with your bike is sometimes the next most important relationship, unfortunately, even sometimes more important than your spouse. But anyway, he, he surveyed the damage to his bike, and, and it devastated him. And so to process this whole mess that he had brought upon himself, this man, wanting to be alone, went into the bathroom and sat on the toilet. He was lamenting the events of the day, and so to calm his nerves, he pulled out a cigarette and began to smoke it. After finishing his cigarette, he flipped the cigarette into the toilet bowl 
that still had in it the gasoline-soaked paper towels that had not been flushed down. Um, the wife who was in the kitchen um, heard a loud explosion and yelled from her husband, and she ran into the bathroom and found her husband lying on the floor. And again, this story is supposed to be true, maybe embellished just a little bit as, been, as has been passed on. But the account I read said that the explosion had blown part of his pants off and he was suffering with severe burns to the part of his body that we'll just call his south end. Well, the situation looked pretty serious again, so the wife one more time called 911. And would you believe the same ambulance crew responded... And this time they saw the husband had some pretty severe burns to his posterior region. And so they again carefully loaded him on a stretcher, began carrying him down the steps to the street. But the story isn't over yet. While they were carrying the husband down the steps, one of the paramedics asked the wife how her husband had burned himself. And when she told them, the paramedics started laughing so hard that one of them tipped the stretcher over, dumped the husband off of it. He bounced down several steps, and to top off that horrible, bad, no-good day, he broke his ankle. That's a bad day. My wife had a bad day this past week. Um, You know, she travels, uh, she, she works for a company out of Nashville, Tennessee, and so um, they, they have over 100 programs scattered across the country. And so at times, uh, my wife has to go and kind of deal with a particular program. And uh, so this past week, she, uh, she chose to go to a program in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, because her parents are just a couple of hours away, two or three hours away. And so she thought, I'll just run over there to see them for, for a little bit, uh, you know, for Christmas. Anyway, she left uh, Kansas City and uh, had a connecting flight there in, in Baltimore, and, and her flight was running late. And so once she arrived there in Baltimore to catch her flight to Cincinnati, she, uh, she ran 15 minutes there in the airport. And, and my wife is not a runner, um, but she ran 15 minutes. And just as she got to the gate, the flight was boarding. She got to Cincinnati, and, and uh, you know, because of the travel schedule, you know, all flights were full. So she had this horrible flight. And so she got into uh, Cincinnati at 11.40 p.m., and uh, she, w- she was alone there. So she went to the uh, car rental place, and it was an empty parking lot. It was, it was totally dark, but somehow she found her car in, in, in the dark. The key was in it, so she was glad about that, and she drove because nobody was in the office. They were, they were shut down. She drove the car to the exit, and to get out of the, the uh, car rental place, the exit was barricaded. There was no way out. Not a soul again in the office. So she took the car back to the parking place, walked in the darkness back to the airport. Uh, so she decided to take a shuttle to the Holiday Inn Express where she was staying, where she had reservations. But all of the different shuttles for the Holiday Inn Express, uh, they were going to a different Holiday Inn Express there in, in, in Cincinnati going to different locations. So she tried to call Uber, and, um, but, but Uber couldn't locate. Something was wrong with the app on her phone, and so they couldn't find her location. And uh, so she didn't know what to do. There she is, you know, midnight past there at, uh, at, uh, at the airport there in Cincinnati, 
and trying to figure out what to do, how to get out of there. Well, one of the drivers from the um, Holiday Inn Express, uh, he, he saw her and, and, and he came up to her. And he was waiting for the flight crew. He was going to take them to, to, to another location. And he said, ma'am, are you alone? And, and she said, yes, I am. And he said, ma'am, this isn't a safe place for a lady that's alone. And uh, so, again, she had to kind of trust him. Said, she said, I tell you what, I've got to take this flight crew to another hotel, and, and if you want to go ahead and get on the shuttle there, then after I take them there, I think I've got enough time, then I've got to pick up another flight crew. But I think in between there, I can run you to the location there, Holiday and Express. And so she got on there, and, and, and the driver... Uh, he said, you know what? I love to go on cruises where I can meet single women. <laughs> she was really getting worried at that point. And um, when he wanted, to know, he wanted to know Faith's name, and, and Faith spoke up and said, well, my husband is a pastor. I don't know what she thought that would do. <laughs> but probably there I thought, man, this lady's going to be no fun at all. And uh, so in, anyway, uh, just kind of condensing the story a little bit, she finally got to her hotel room at one o'clock in the morning. They gave her the key. She went and opened the door and the room was occupied. (sighs) That was a bad day. Well, when we look at our lives today, I don't think you could describe the reality of 2021 and, and soon to be 2022 as just a few isolated cases of some people having a bad day. But the truth is that we all have in common the fact that things haven't gone as planned in our lives. Our lives have been messed up. Not just over the last day or so, but rather over the last couple of years. Between positive tests and, and quarantines and masks and vaccine debates and, and dogmatic and at times very unkind expressions of opinions over whether or not certain medicines and infusions and treatments are good or bad for you, not to mention that we've gone through a period of time where businesses were closed and you, you couldn't find and, and still in some cases can't find certain items because there's no one to unload the shipping containers on one of the coasts. And then add into the mix the tragic losses of friends and loved ones due to COVID and most recently in our church within the last seven days, two wonderful people, Rob, who would be sitting right back there and, and Bonnell, who would be sitting right over there in this service. Between all of the above, all of us can say that over the last couple of years, things haven't gone well. Well, when you go back to that first Christmas, maybe there wasn't a pandemic at that particular time that was turning things upside down, even though a pandemic did come to the world not too many years after that first Christmas. But during that period of time, around that first Christmas, there were many people that didn't have things go the way they had planned. For example, the first Christmas messed up King Herod's plans because he wanted to be the king of the Jews. And and he began to hear the claim that a king who would be the Messiah was being born. Didn't like that. The shepherd's plans were messed up because they were probably planning a nice, quiet, uneventful night with the sheep. And, And when you're a shepherd trying to keep your sheep safe from wild animals, uneventful is good. But their plans were changed by a bunch of angels. 
The wise men had their plans messed up because without much lead time, they had to go on a long and hard journey. You think it's bad enough traveling to Kansas City two hours. Do you realize they probably had to walk several weeks or maybe even months to get there? The first Christmas also messed up the plans that the Jews had because they were expecting a mighty political leader who would overthrow the hated Roman government and set them free. But instead of a powerful warrior that would come bursting onto the scene, a meek and a mild man came along that wouldn't even defend himself. But most of all, the, the first Christmas messed up Mary and Joseph's plans. For, you know, the plan that they probably had to live, to, to live a quiet, normal life where they would have a few kids, maybe some grandkids, and be able to just, you know, enjoy a calm life with the family. All of those plans fell apart before they even got married. Now, today we want to look at three things. As we move past Christmas 2021 into the new year of 2022 that honestly at this point doesn't seem to promise anything different than the last two years? What are some principles that can help us find perspective during these days that are messed up? Well, first of all, we need to learn that when things don't go as planned, God may be trying to get our attention. God may be trying to get our attention. Now, before we dig into this point, let me say a couple of things. First of all, hard times cannot always be attributed to God. The truth is that sometimes we are the culprits. We can't blame the hard times on anyone else except for ourselves because sometimes we open our mouth when it should have been kept shut and we suffer consequences. It's our fault. Sometimes we act unwisely or or we forget to do something or, or we're not paying attention and an accident takes place or... We're not very smart with our money. You know, we won't run short because of an unwise purchase or we blow our money on addictions. And speaking of addiction, sometimes addictions cause us health issues. And and so many times during during situations in our lives, we, 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 we suffer, but we cannot spiritualize things and say, well, God is testing me or he's taking me through tough times for a reason. If you... If we have brought a mess on ourselves by something we said, or we bought, or we smoked, or we drank, or we did, or didn't do, we must not spiritualize things and say, well, God is testing me. No, it's not God. Sometimes there are consequences because of things that we do. It's stupidity that causes our messes. But then it's not always us. Sometimes our messes can be traced to others. And unfortunately, there are people that do things, they say things, they they pull out in front of us, they cause accidents, they do things to spite us, sometimes on purpose, sometimes by accident. But regardless of their motives, we are the ones to suffer, even though it may not be our fault. So sometimes we're the cause of problems. Sometimes others are the cause of problems, but as we get back on point, I want to say that there are times when suffering comes to us, and God is the one that is behind what we view as a bad day. There are times when God sees a a, a situation in our lives, and He decides to providentially allow unexpected events and circumstances, at least from our perspective, they appear that way, and God allows them for a reason. 
Now, back a few years ago, I, I talked to you about two types of storms that God sends our way. And let me just quickly remind you of those storms. The first type of storm that God at times sends us is what I call a correcting storm. Case in point, Jonah. God said, go east. Jonah went west. He said, I don't want to go there. I don't like the people. In short, he said, God, I don't want to be a preacher, especially to those people. So what happened? God sent a storm, followed by what? A big fish. And God used that storm to get Jonah's attention, try to correct him, and get him back on track. And at times, God will do the same thing. He will allow hard times to come into our lives as wake-up calls. At times, he allows health issues, family problems, financial difficulties, even accidents. He's on a mission to correct us, to get us back on track. And you just kind of wonder if what is going on in our world today, do, do you think maybe we're going through a correcting storm right now? But I'm afraid that instead of waking up, many people are just walking off, that they're not listening to God. But then the second type of storm that God allows us to go through is what, what I call perfecting storms. You've got correcting storms, then you've got perfecting storms. And, and one e- evening in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus said to his disciples, let's get on a boat, go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And, and during the night, verse 37 says, a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was about to go down. So take note here. The disciples were in God's will. Jesus said, let's go across to the other side of the lake. They were obeying Jesus. They weren't running like Jonah. But God still allowed that storm to come up. Why? Here's why. So that their faith would be strengthened and perfected. So God at times allows storms while we are in the center of his will. And he does so to perfect our faith and make us stronger. Listen to this statement. God is more interested in our character than our comfort. And he knows that our character is generally strengthened more during times of adversity than prosperity. And so as we come back to Mary and Joseph, remember they had done nothing wrong. They hadn't sinned. They hadn't been unfaithful. They hadn't been immoral. But God had something in mind. And he took their plans and from their perspective turned them upside down. So at times, our difficulties in life are a wake-up wake call from God. He's trying to get our attention. Second, uh, when we go through tough times, don't ever forget that God always has our best interests at heart. You know, I, I've come to two basic conclusions about God's interruption of my plans. One, God's plan for my life is almost bigger than my plan. I, I, I've told you, I'm an introvert, and and I'm very comfortable being behind the scenes. And so sometimes that's my plan, but I find out that God's plan generally is bigger than my plan. I, I only see life from my little Cedar County perspective. God sees my life from the perspective of one who has the whole world in his hands. And, and Mary and Joseph, has, as young people, probably all they wanted was to get married, live their lives together, make a decent living. <clears throat> Mary would be a... A behind-the-scenes mom, Joseph would be a carpenter. But God's plans were so much bigger than just to live a calm, easy, behind-the-scenes, nice life. Why? Because he wanted to bless the entire world through them. 
And I wonder how many of us have missed God's plan for you know, our lives. God had plan A. He wanted to use us in a specific ministry, but we said no. So therefore, we ended up about plan C, plan D. And the result was that we just go through life existing from one holiday to the next, from one getaway to the next, and our lives are empty because we didn't follow God's plan. And so I wonder if some of us need to pray the prayer of Jabez. Remember in the Old Testament, Jabez prayed, Oh God, stretch me. Expand my borders. God's plan for my life is almost always bigger than my plan. Well, also I've learned that God's plan for my life almost always takes me out of my comfort zone. And I've talked about how what I'm doing right now is way out of my comfort zone. Um, and, and let's review the events that totally changed the plans that Joseph and Mary had for their lives. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, said this, now this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. So capture the chronology or the order of events here. Mary and Joseph, they're engaged, but before the wedding date, Mary receives the shocking news that she's pregnant. And the news comes to her not because there's morning sickness, not because there's a pregnancy test, but this news comes totally unexpected from an angel. And let's read some of her emotions in in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And catch the emotions here. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. Ladies, can you imagine your reaction at finding out that you were pregnant and you knew in your heart that you were pure? How would you respond? Now, in today's society, pregnancy out of wedlock is common. In fact, uh, many times it's planned. That doesn't change God's word on on this. Uh, This is still wrong, but society has come to accept this as no big deal. But 2,000 years ago, this was a big deal. To be an unwed mother was possibly the worst thing that could happen to a woman. It was embarrassing. It was humiliating. But but furthermore, as we look at the emotions she had to deal with when people ask her, well, well, Mary, whose child is this? Uh, how, How would you answer this? If you would say, well, to tell the truth, the father of the baby is the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine how the people would just laugh in your face? Or, or if you would have responded, well, I, 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 I really don't know who the father is. That would make you look even worse. It would imply that you would have had extremely loose morals, not just with one man. And if you would have said, well, well, Joseph is the father, Joseph would have reacted and said, no way, I, I know in my heart my actions were pure, and he was pure, he was righteous, and, and in that society they would believe the man, not the woman. So when the question was asked, whose child is this? Mary basically had no answer that would be received without being made fun of. How about, how about poor Joseph? I mean, how do you think he felt? The, the Bible says, again, he was a righteous man. He was a good man. And when Mary came to him and said, 
sit down, Joseph, we need to talk, which, of course, that puts the fear into all of us men. We need to talk. And maybe he said, oh, what, what do you want to tell me, honey? Perhaps Mary just blurts it out, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Now, the Bible doesn't give a lot of details. And remember, at this point, Joseph did not have the understanding. When he learns that his fiancée is pregnant, he does not know what's going on. And, and, and can you imagine here, the girl you love, the girl you're engaged to, the girl that you've stayed pure with, she's now telling you that she is pregnant. And, and then if someone would have asked him, Joseph, why, why didn't you just wait a few more weeks until you were married? And if Joseph would have said, well, I, I promise I didn't have relations with her again, most people would have said, yeah, right. Or if he would have said, well, it was the Holy Spirit, they would have again, again laughed. Understand that this situation for both Mary and Joseph whom neither of them had done anything wrong, was very uncomfortable. And then something else I was thinking of is at the end of Mary's pregnancy when the doctors put women, many women on bed rest, at least uh, instruct them to take it easy. Here is Mary having to take a 90-mile donkey ride from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which would be, can you imagine ladies jumping on a donkey going to Kansas City? Nine months pregnant. And when they got to Bethlehem, because there were no motel vacancies, they had to stay in what was probably a little cave or maybe under a rock overhang that was just a shelter for animals. And I tell you this to let you know that this first Christmas was something that was uncomfortable to both Joseph and Mary. God's plan, however, many times takes us out of our comfort zone but it takes us into the significant zone. And when that happens, we may not have any explanation, but we need to cling with all of our might to the promises I, promise of Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my ways are higher than yours. That leads us to the third thing we need to know. When, when God messes up our plans, we just need to trust God. And while Joseph was thinking about breaking up with Mary, an angel appeared to him and said, Joseph, it's okay. She hasn't been running around on you. She's telling the truth, Joe. The Holy Spirit is the father of the baby. And Matthew one twenty four. this is amazing. Joseph's response was, took Mary home as his wife. Not sure I would have had the faith to do that. But he did. And of course, Mary just fully surrendered her will to God's plan. In Luke 140, it says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. And, and I love how the NIV says it. May it be to me as you have said. I believe a lot of us would be much better off if we would just learn to say, God, may it be to me as you have said, instead of doubting and questioning and, and getting upset, just saying, God, I don't understand your plan, but may it be to me as you have said. And really think about the sequence of events here. Mary heard the word of God from the angels, so first thing, she was obviously listening, and, and then Mary responded in verse 46, Luke chapter 1, my soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. When it comes to God, would you just hear me out 
please. When it comes to God, I don't think we have a hearing problem. We've heard. We know. We know what God's Word says. We, we know His commandments. We know what is right and wrong. We don't have a hearing problem. Our problem is that we have an obedience problem. Because we say, well, I, I know I shouldn't do this, but. Or I know I should quit this habit and start doing this, but. We know what is right. We just don't do what is right. But not only did Mary know what was right, she did what was right. And how, um, how did she respond Several ways, but one way is that she began to praise God. She said, God, I, I, I praise you that you've allowed me this honor. And then she followed the instructions of the angel and named him Jesus. So, as we put down our landing gear and do our final approach and close out the final Sunday in 2021, I want to ask you a question. And this is kind of a funny question. You're going to have to be mature here, or you're going to giggle. Um, Here's the question. You ready for it? Are you at a place in your life where you are willing? Are you listening? Are you at a place in your life where you're willing to become pregnant? Yeah, I, I, I knew there would be some giggles because it sounds silly. But I think you understand what I'm asking. In other words, as, as we go through this messed up season, are you willing to allow God to lead you and use you during this time? Are you, are you willing to say, God, I will do my best to follow you regardless of what you ask me to do? Remember, God wants to lead us not in our way, but in His way. And, and it's not only the best way. Do you know that God's way is not only the best way, but it's, it's actually the only way? So, let's look into our lives. We've all gone through the darkness of the past couple of years, and 2022 may not be any better in that aspect, but the good news, the good news is Jesus, a Savior, was born. And the most effective Christians are not those who have had a perfect little life, but they are those who have been through tough times, maybe a pandemic, maybe the loss of your health, maybe the loss of a loved one. The best and most respected Christians are not those who have had an easy life. Rather, they are the ones who still trusted God as they walked through the fire. So today, would you just grab onto God and say, God, I trust you. And God, as you bring the correcting storms whenever I get off track, I will, with your help, I will respond accordingly and correct my ways. But during those times when I'm not doing anything wrong, but you still bring a storm, a perfecting storm, I will respond accordingly, allow you to deepen my faith. God, may it be to me as you have said. Could we pray together? God, I want to thank you for, oh, it's hard for me to pray this, but I thank you for the storms that you allow us to go through. God, thank you for those times whenever we've gotten off track and you've sent a, a really big storm into our life. And through that, we realize that, okay, we're getting off track. And 
And so through that storm, you kind of helped us to realize that we need to correct some issues. We've got attitudes, we've got actions, we've got issues, we've got motives, we've got unforgiveness. And so, Lord, thank you for those storms that you send into our life to just correct us as Jonah. Lord, without that storm, no telling what would have happened, but you corrected him. But then, Lord, and this is a little bit tougher, we thank you for those storms that you send to us just to perfect our faith when we're not doing anything wrong. But, God, you want us to go through a growth spurt. And so... You allow something to come into our life that is hard, sometimes unfortunate, sometimes brings sadness. But Lord, you allow that to come. Because God, you don't want us to be shallow Christians. You want us to have roots that go way down. Lord, you want us to know you and the power of your resurrection. Lord, just in your sufferings, because that's, that's how we become like Jesus. So God, thank you that you know the balance, when to bring tough times, Lord, when to maybe allow us to celebrate some good times. Lord, thank you that you are all-knowing. And so God, I pray for these people here. Lord, I just feel like we're just kind of weary Lord, I, I feel like we've been beaten down. God, we're just going through the motions sometimes. We're discouraged. Lord, we're a people that I think uh, have almost been ready to pray even so come, Lord Jesus. But God, you haven't finished with us here on this earth yet. And in the meantime, Father, would you help us to be faithful? God, Help us to be a shining light to others that don't know Jesus. Lord, don't let us be so consumed with our little minor sufferings that we can't look beyond our our vision and see others that are hurting, those that are dying without Jesus. God, don't let us be such selfish Christians to where we worry more about being able to buy a new sofa or a new phone or a new car than we do about trying to rescue somebody from the fires of hell. God, would you help us to kind of refocus, reboot, Lord, that we would this next year, that we would just follow your will, Lord, that we would trust you, God, that we would make a difference in the world that you've placed us. So God, uh, we close out. Our time in church for 2021, Lord, I pray that 2022 would be the best year, not because it's the easiest year, but because it's the most effective year. Lord, as we seek to make a difference, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Happy New Year, everyone. You're dismissed.
You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.